Good morning. My name is Michael. I'm one of the pastors here at the church, and we're very excited to have all of you with us today on this uh, wonderful Sunday morning. And um, before we get started, I, I had a, a moment at the 930 service that I didn't have at the 11 o'clock service because I, I, I knew it was going to happen. But uh, at 830 every Sunday, we get together as a, uh, as a programming group, John, who runs the sound, uh, Daryl, who uh, is one of the worship leaders, Stacy, who runs all of our lives, and myself. Uh, we get together and we talk about the service and she gives us this um, little sheet here and it's the order of worship. This is everything that's going to happen today, including Danny Mills coming to speak today and all that stuff. Tells you the songs and um, this morning, I, uh, as we were sitting going through this, this meeting, um, I wasn't listening to them. I was there, but I wasn't really um, there because uh, I was a little preoccupied with something that I'll get, get into in a moment. Uh, but when they came out of that song, Hungry, which we haven't done in a long time, it's an old song. We used to, when I was uh, one of the worship leaders here, we used to do it, and I love it. And, and then we got into, uh, he starts playing from the inside out. I just had this, no, you didn't moment, because um, I, like, I love that inside out song. And I just, <laughs> I don't usually talk like that, but um, it was just one of those things that just came out of me. Oh, no, you, oh, no, you didn't. Go and play that song. I, I just love that song and being able to open up and just to worship. Just to, just to let it go. And, and they're very, I'm kind of a conservative fellow. And I mean, y'all see me, you'll see me bouncing around and dancing around up there, but very rarely do I raise my hand. But man, sometimes I just gotta, I don't care what you people think about me. You know, I'm raising my hand because this song rocks and JC is the bomb. Um, so I, I had that moment earlier and I just, I'm so grateful for our worship team and for the, the blessing that we have. And not all of them are here today, but, um, some of them are, I think, maybe out in the, I uh, see at least one of them out there. Uh, and if you wouldn't mind just giving a, a, a thanks to uh, those guys and girls. That... All right, that's enough. Okay, that's, you know, we don't want them to get a little cocky, okay? So that's enough. Um, I, I will say that I've been trying to get Daryl to introduce everybody up here um, at one point or another when they're all up here because... You see them all the time, and they're our worship leaders. It'd be nice to know their name, right? I mean, some of them I men, you know Daryl and August, and we talk about AJ a lot because he's an easy target. And I talk about Jeff because he's my brother-in-law. But, you know, Fred, who plays the keyboards, um, is the smartest guy at any time in the room. Um, you know, and you all need to know that about Fred. He's just brilliant. You know, he gets up here, and he's so smart. Um, and this guy back here, his, he's, uh, his nickname is Senior Yes Man. You know, so there's these things that you need to know about our worship team. We are uh, in the middle of a very long series that David Manitsky has uh, written, uh, taken from a book entitled The New Commandment. And it's talking about what we've been doing. It's talking about the new commandment to love one another. Jesus said the new commandment is this, love one another as I have loved you. Love one another. So we've been talking about that over the past few weeks. And I get here this morning and, and David has been out of town. Uh, he's been in Israel and Turkey. He is still there. And so Dinah preached in the sanctuary last week, and Donna is in there uh, preaching this week. And so I get up in the pastor's offices this morning, and I'm like, so Donna, you know, what kind of route, what are you going to talk about this morning, since she and I are preaching on the same thing? And she tells me, and I'm like, that, that's not what I prepared for. <laughs> I'm on the wrong Sunday. Uh, David sends out these, uh, th these things of this is our series and this is the order and, you know, by date and all this stuff. And here's the scripture. Here's the theme. Here's the topic. And then I kind of do my own thing with it. And I take a lot of what David uses and stuff. But, but we're on the same Sunday. And, and so when Donna starts saying this, I'm like, uh-oh. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. So I got nothing. So, uh, 
anybody want to talk about anything? Open up. You know, I, I kind of have one of those deer in the headlight moments where I'm like, oh, great. Good deal. So that's what I was thinking about at this 830 meeting because I had come to this realization. I'm like, okay, I have to come up with a sermon between now and 930. But earlier in the morning, something happened to me and Jenna that was amazing. It was unbelievable. And as I, at, at, right after I experienced that, I kind of realized and I kind of had in my mind that God was rewriting something for me. Like I had prepared for something and it was wrong and God was like, it's okay because you weren't going to talk about that anyway. You're going to talk about something else. Today what we're going to talk about is prayer, the power of prayer. If you got your Bibles open up to James chapter 5. James chapter 5 at verse 13 is where I am. And James is talking about the power of prayer. And, and yeah, this fits into the commandment of loving one another. Loving one another. As I have loved you, so too love one another. The power of prayer. What he says at verse 13 is this. Are any among you suffering? Are any among you suffering? Uh, I bet I could ask that and see a show of hands. And there would be quite a few of you who would raise your hand. Because you're suffering for one reason or another. Some of you might be suffering because of what Danny talked about, the financial crisis that our country is in. Some of you might be, uh, like my parents, retired, and you are living off of funds that you have invested over your entire working life, and you are depending upon those funds. And I talked to my dad the other day, and he goes, son, it hurts. They're suffering. What does James say? They should keep on praying about it. Are any of you suffering? Then pray about it. Pray about it. If you're suffering, go to God. Go to God and pray about it. Go, God, I'm suffering. I can't do this. I need you to be here. I need you to be in my life. I need you to be with me. If you're suffering, pray about it. Then he goes on and he says this. He says, and those of you who have reason to be thankful should continually sing praises to the Lord. You may not be suffering right now. You may be in a time of blessing and thanksgiving. So tell God about it. Pray to God and say, God, thank you. Thank you for the blessings in my life. Thank you that I'm healthy. Thank you that I have a job. Thank you that I wasn't affected by this financial crisis. Thank you that I'm only 34 and I have a long time, so this doesn't really touch me. Thank you, God. Thank you that you're in my life. Jen and I are in a season right now that we just can't believe how much God is blessing us. We just, I mean, we're in this kind of season of our life where, we get bad news, and we've had some, some whoppers going on recently, and, and, and we turn around, and God's like, but I'm here. I'm here. And we have something go on, and God's like, but yeah, but remember, it's still here, still with you, still protecting you, still supporting you. I still got your back. I am still here. God just is amazing. God is amazing in God's faithfulness. I've recently um, started to... Uh, to work out again. I go through these stages where I do and where I, can you tell? <laughs> what time is it? Um, and one of the things that, that I've done in this round of my, of my, uh, of my workoutness uh, is I, I've started to take a, a dedicated time of about 15 to 20 minutes of prayer. And I spend that time just to pray. Uh, usually when I work out, I have my uh, little iPod in and I listen to uh, NPR download podcasts and, and different uh, things. Um, but I've taken some time just to pray. And, and what I found is when I began this exercise, I started to immediately pray for my wife and then pray for my daughter and then pray for my son and then pray for, and then I, I started going through this exercise and I was like, gosh, this just, this just feels a little weird. And I stopped and I was like, 
how about I just pray to God and thank God for being God? And so I started this exercise of just taking like 10 minutes at the, at the front end of this and praying to God and saying, God, thank you. Thank you for, I don't know, my salvation. Thank you for dying on the cross for me. How many times do I thank God that I have God dwelling inside of me, that because of his death and resurrection, I will have eternal life? When I leave this little place we call earth, I have something better waiting for me. How many times do I thank God for that? And, and I thought about it, and very rarely do I. I know it. I believe it. I live in it. But how often do I go, God, thank you. Thank you for the cross. Thank you for the suffering that you went through, the pain that I can't even imagine. Thank you. God, thank you for being God. Thank you for the breath that I'm breathing. Thank you for the fact that even though I haven't taken care of my body, you haven't kicked me over yet. Thank you for all of these things, God. Thank you. Thank you. And I just spend time doing that. And sometimes I just fall into this thing where I used to think people were weird when they did this. You know, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. But I find myself falling into that. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. I don't even know what I'm thanking him for at that moment. Just thanking for, for being God. And you know what it did? It took the focus off me. It took the focus off me and put it where it belongs, on God. I stopped being so self-centered in my life, which I am every single day and every single moment. And I said, God, thank you. Thank you for getting the focus off of me. Man, I I encourage you to try that. Just to sit down and just say, God, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, God. Thank you for being in my life. Thank you for being God. Thank you that I can come to you and pray and that you listen. Thank you. Thank you. And watch how the focus moves from yourself to God and then on to others. To be in an earnest, an earnest sense of prayer, an earnest sense of communication with God. So what does James say? If you're suffering, talk to God. If you're having a great time, things are going well, blessings continually, he says, continually thank God. Thank God in the good times and thank God in the difficult times. Verse 14, I will get to, I'm going to jump down to verse 16. Confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and wonderful results. You want proof? Watch this. Elijah was just as human as we are, and yet he prayed earnestly that no rain would fall. And none fell for the next three and a half years. Then he prayed for rain, and down it poured. The grass turned green, and the crops began to grow. Prayer is powerful. It is powerful. Man. I have seen it in my life. I have seen it work in my life. And I've seen amazing things because of prayer. But what I don't want to get lost in that section is the first part of verse 16. Confess. See, last week we talked about forgiveness. Remember that whole forgiveness thing that, that we were talking about? This It's confess. Confess. Let go of those things that you know have taken you away from God. Let Go to God and say, God, I'm sorry. And, and I don't know if you do this. I do this uh, quite often as I... I apologize to God, and you know, yeah, sorry about that one, God. Oh, yeah, remember that just a second ago? Yeah, so remember how I just acted when that person cut me off driving? Sorry about that, Lord. Um, bless, bless their family. Um, yeah, bless the little pygmies in Australia. How often, though, do we truly acknowledge those things, those transgressions, those sins with someone else? Because you can do it in your own life and you can do it, you know, on your knees in your room. And that's great. And God is there and God hears you and God forgives you. But if you want to take ownership over it, like I have really let this go. 
You need to do this out loud. You need to do it with someone. And not just anybody. Don't just run to somebody and, and, and say, hey, guess what I did? Sorry about that one. You know, confession is one of those things that the church has kind of turned over on its ear for a while. We've abused it. We've, we, we've taken it to different levels and we've used it against people. And for the church, I confess that and I apologize and ask your forgiveness. But if you think about it, sometimes that is the way confession goes in the church. And, you know, at one time in the church history, we, we uh, asked for money to give you absolution. You know, you came and you confessed to us. Great. I will give you forgiveness for this amount. For 1995, I can forgive those sins. The church did that. Can you believe that? That we abused that power. That doesn't stop James from saying, you need to confess. You need to go to someone and confess. And that's not coming to me. Please don't beat a pathway to my door and give your confession. If you need to come talk to me, great, I'm there. But it means go to an elder of the church. And by elder of the church, I mean somebody who's mature in their faith, mature in their walk, has been through it. Someone you trust. And confess. Release yourself from that burden. And allow the healing to begin. Verse 14. Are any among you sick? They should call for the elders of the church and have them pray over them, anointing them with oil in the name of the Lord. And their prayer offered in faith will heal the sick and the Lord will make them well. And anyone who's committed sins will be forgiven. Are any of you sick? And let God heal you. There's a guy who was driving out a country road one morning. It was 7 o'clock in the morning. And he felt that God was telling him to stop at this house. And he was saying to himself in his mind, and he's like, God, you know, it's 7 o'clock in the morning. It's the country. You know, shotguns are around in the country. I'm not stopping at somebody's house at 7 o'clock in the morning in the country. And so he drove on. But he felt God's presence and God telling him, you need to turn around. You need to go back to that house. So he turned his car around. He drove down the driveway. He got out and he went up to the door and he knocked on the door. And he's like, these people probably aren't even awake. And he knocks on the door and somebody opens the door. The man of the house opens the door and he's in a bathrobe. And he's in his mind going, see? And the guy, said, and the, the guy who knocked on the door said, I felt like God telling me to come here. And the man in the bathrobe said, my wife fell this morning and she hurt herself pretty bad. And we were trying to decide whether or not to take her to the hospital. The guy's like, maybe I'm the ride, maybe. But he didn't have a chance to respond because the man in the bathroom said, would you come in and pray for her? And the guy goes, whoa, you know, I'm just, you know, uh, that's not my gig. And the man in the bathroom said, I've been a minister for 30 years, and I know when somebody has been anointed, and God sent you here to pray for my wife. Please come in. Now, I would like to tell you the rest of the story, the Paul Harvey-esque-ness of the story, but I don't know it. I don't know what happens. I don't know what happens when the guy goes in because I had to come to work this morning and I didn't get to hear the end of the story. See, this morning when I was coming to work, Jenna and I were out on the driveway. We had Corbin in the back of my pickup with a tailgate up, kind of a cage for a 16-month-old. We had put Gracie into the front seat of the stroller, and Gracie had a bad day yesterday. 
sorry, I should have preempted this sermon by saying I will get emotional. When I talk about my daughter and the Holy Spirit is moving, I get emotional, so get over yourselves. I'm big enough to handle it. You should be too. She had a kind of a bad morning this morning. She was real fussy, and we didn't know what was going on, and, and, and she's kind of gotten something going on with her feeding tube, and we know it's hurting her, and she's in pain, and we just, you know, that helpless feeling of we don't know what to do. And so Jen and I were out there, and, and, and this gentleman walks by, and we didn't say anything. She and I were kind of in our moment of morning prayer that we always do. And, and then we finished, and we were getting Corbin out of the back of the pickup truck and putting him into the, the stroller, the back seat of the stroller. And, and this guy's walking up our driveway. He had turned around and come back and started walking up our driveway. And he said, is this your daughter? And we're like, um, yeah. This is weird. <laughs> Awkward. And he's like, oh. Okay, and he kind of he walks in further, and he looks and he goes, and, and who's this little one? I was like, well, it's our son. <laughs> Surprise, you know, he's in the same stroller. And Jen and I are really looking at one another and just kind of trying to figure out what in the world is going on at this moment. And he says, "I really, can I lay hands on your daughter and pray for her?" And at that point, he did that, and Jenna got on her knees, and she started crying, and Corbin was actually quiet. (laughs) Not for the whole thing. He eventually started going, whoa. But this guy just started praying for grace. And and then he got up, and, and all through my mind, I was like, do you know who I am, what I'm about to go do? Do you know that I'm a pastor and I'm, I'm about to go preach a sermon and you're just walking in like that? Do you know anything about my daughter and the life that she's had in her two and a half years and the medical things and all the prayer that's gone over her? I mean, who are you? All these things were going through my mind and I just couldn't bring myself to say it because I knew that he didn't know. That it wasn't his place to know. He was, God told him to come in and pray for healing for my daughter. Come, bring it. Man. Yeah, and when he left, I, I ended up doing, I was like, do you live around here? Like, or are you an angel? I mean, what's, seriously, I've got to know. And he lives a few houses up. But, man. Let me tell you, I, I don't know, and I haven't had a chance to ask Jenna how Gracie's doing since then, she's just been crawling around in the back right there. I've seen her, but I don't know what's going on. But I know that God was there, and I know that God was moving, and I know that God can heal. I've seen it too much in her life. The day she was born in the hospital over here, and a specialist of these things gave one diagnosis and another one gave another diagnosis that conflicted. They didn't agree with one another, but they knew that they couldn't handle it at their hospital. So they put her in a little plastic box and on top of a stretcher and stuck her in an ambulance and drove her across town to Methodist. Whoop. Sorry. <laughs> and they go in there and the doctors over there are like, yeah, we don't know what they saw because this is totally wrong and different. Were they wrong? Were two people that are such specialists in their field wrong? Or did God do something on the transport? 
They said she would probably never crawl. Well, she's faster than fast. Probably never walk. She's not yet, but she's not far from it. They've said many things about her. They don't know what's going on. They don't know what's going to happen in her life. And I don't either. But I know God moves and God, I know, has healed her. I know it to the very core of who I am. I know God has touched her life. Any of you sick, pray to God for healing. Last couple of weeks, my wife has been going through this wonderfully fun thing. She, uh, a few weeks ago, came up to pick Corbin from day school. He goes to school here and... And as she was getting out of her car, she left, lost feeling in her left arm and the left side of her face so much so that she couldn't hold onto her phone. It just fell from her hand onto the parking lot. They pulled her into the director's office and sat her down in the chair, and, and they called me. I was over um, at the quarry golfing because that's what pastors do during the week, just so you know. <laughs> I was in a Young Life tournament. Get over it. And and so I, I leave. I'd only played four holes, and, you know, I need to go back. I didn't finish my round. And um, and I'm like, oh my gosh, so I, I, you know, I run over here real quick and, and I pick Jenna and Corbin up and we go to her dad's office. He's a doctor like right over there. And, and he checked out her vitals. And by that time her feeling had mostly come back and, and her vitals were fine. So he, he didn't think it was a stroke, I, I guess. And, 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 but he scheduled an MRI for Thursday the next day. And so we go and we get the MRI and, and the radiologist said, well, there's some abnormalities on her brain and you need to get this looked at. It could be a virus or it could be MS. We have an appointment with the neurologist the next day. So we go in to see the neurologist. And, and going in, I think my father-in-law felt pretty certain that it was MS. I could be speaking out of turn, but I, I, I got that feeling from him. And, you know, MS, are you kidding me? Like, God, seriously? You're greatly overestimating our strength. You know, I mean, thank you, flattered really, but stop it. And, and so we go into this whole thing, and the neurologist, um, you know, specialists are wonderful people, but they don't have the best personalities in the world. And... Um, they're smart, though. And so the specialist is in there, and he's like, well, there's three categories. Possibly not. Possibly. Probably. They don't have a definitive test for MS. There's just three kind of categories. And he said, well, I put you kind of in the possibly category, but over towards the probably side. I said, but there's some things that are just weird. I want to do further tests. So he does blood tests. He does a spinal tap. He doesn't. He sends her to do this. And um, spinal taps are not fun. I've never had one myself, but... Um, Jenna has now, and, and uh, so she's laid in bed uh, for the rest of the day. And, oh, by the way, to go with all this, her head is just massively killing her. So she's in bed. So uh, for over a week, these things, these headaches are occurring. We get the results back from the spinal tap and from the blood test, not all of them, but most of them. And he's like, you know, they're not really showing signs of a virus. They're not really showing signs of the migraine thing. They're not really showing signs of MS. That doesn't say that you don't have MS. It just says that this test doesn't show it. And then she goes to her small group. She decides that, you know what, I'm going to get up. I'm going to go to my small group. This, the headaches have been going on for a week, a little over, I think, by that point. She goes in. They lay hands on her. They pray. Her headache's gone. We go into the doctor. We tell the doctor this. He just bleeds right over it. I'm sorry, sir. I think you missed the point where God stopped the headaches. So what happened? Oh, that's the professional diagnosis. Oh, let's wait and see. We'll do another MRI in December and see what's going on. Why did she have these, uh, these abnormalities in her mind? I don't know. Take a look at my brain and let's see what's going on up there. 
God healed her. I have no doubt about it. I have no doubt. No doubt about the fact that God moves in her life and said, you're right. You can't handle this right now. And I'm going to take it from you. You can't handle this right now. So let me take it. Man, God heals. God heals. It's happened in our lives so much that I cannot deny it. Healing is one of those things that's weird, and people go, whoa, that's just weird. It's been taken over by people like Benny Hinn and those weird people on TV that just want money, and they do all these things. And I'm not denying that maybe he has a little bit of the healing gift. But healing is true, and it happens, and it happens here at this church. We have an incredible prayer ministry led by Donna. Incredible prayer ministry. Every Wednesday night we have the invitation. It's a, a weekday series, a midweek uh, service that happens in August. And John, our music guy, uh, play the service, uh, the music for the service. Uh, Donna Streeb is the, the main preacher for it. And, and after it, every time they have a healing service and they anoint with oil, just as it says here in James. Anoint with oil. Healing is real. Healing is alive and works. And man... Man, if you need healing, don't be afraid. Don't be embarrassed. Don't be confused. Don't let some preconceived notion stop you from coming to the foot of the cross and asking for healing. Don't let some weirdness freak you out and stop you from coming to an elder of the church and asking, please pray over me. I need to be healed. Look, I I mean, I, I just pray that all of us would open our open our hearts and our minds and our souls to accept this, that we would open ourselves up to the possibility that there can be things that happen in this world that we don't understand. Yeah, I don't don't know how many times doctors, and I've seen reports and all kinds of things where something happens and doctors like, I just don't know how this person is still alive. I do. Come talk to me. God heals. If you need healing today, please don't let your mind or the world stop you from coming forward to our prayer team or to myself and ask for it. Please open yourself up to this knowledge and this realization that God does heal and God does move. And look, if you are ever walking on somebody's street and God tells you to stop, please listen. Please listen. Because I don't know if I'll ever see that guy. I'm sure I will because we're neighbors, but man, he did more for me this morning. God moves in this world. God moves in this world. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you and praise you for being a God of healing. For being a God of such great love and passion that you are wanting to be in communication with us. That you long so much for us to talk to you. And Lord, at the same time, so much for us to listen. Lord, help us all to, to take time during the week to just to stop. As Daryl said, to stop. And allow you to speak to us. God, help us all to, to realize the great power and strength of prayer. That in our times of suffering, in our times of pain, our times of loneliness, our times of sickness, Father, that you were there.
that you care more for us than we could ever imagine, that you love us so deeply and desperately we could never grasp hold of that realization. Lord, help us to know that you are God. Lord, we thank you and praise you for your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ, in whose name we pray.